0: And five, five, This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald.
1: And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson,
0: and uh, welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast for the New Evangelization. Um, as always, we always—if you've been listening to this at all recently—you know what's next. We love listener feedback. Please um, send us an email. Uh, any. Please, please, is anybody out there? Um, uh, no, I know, we do get feedback. Um, I know some people are out there. Uh, my email address, once again, sebergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. How are you doing, Father?
1: <clears throat> better than my sins deserve. Uh, well, <laughs>
0: how much better?
1: Uh I don't know I don't know if I can qualify that. I know I'm alive, which is my sins deserve death, I'm sure. And so. There we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, doing very well. Doing very well. So uh, we're uh, getting ready for spring break at this point in the year. And uh, got a lot of mission trips. I have uh, eight uh, ladies going on a nun run to visit some different uh, convents and monasteries. I've got uh, ten men going on a mission trip down to Jamaica uh, with the religion wow. down there. And then, uh, another about 20, uh, little under 24 students, which we can probably call 22 students, um, <laughs> going to Mississippi, uh, uh, for, uh, spring break as well for a mission trip. And so, uh, quite a lot of exciting stuff going on.
0: Yes. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit than 2.1 seconds left on the, <laughs> I don't know. That's random, but, um, that was fun. Uh, so you're, it's kind of a quiet, slow time for you at the Newman Center then, in other words.
1: Uh, no, because I'm going with to Mississippi. I know. Any business? I'm kidding. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, and so spring break for you is next week. Um, uh I guess it probably won't matter. You you won't be out of touch, um, and the conclave probably won't have started, but um, it's certainly an interesting time uh, in the church. Just real quick, Father, any any interesting uh, comments you've heard from parishioners at the parish or students at the Newman Center um, about the whole resignation, et cetera, since we recorded last week's episode? No, I
1: don't think I've had any uh, um, uh, real uh, comments or things like that uh, by people here. We're just kind of all waiting and seeing. We're going to have uh, Eggs Benedict uh, tomorrow morning on the day of his uh, uh, resignation um, and a little salute to Pope Benedict.
0: Very nice. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever had Eggs Benedict. Maybe I should tomorrow.
1: I think you should. If there's any day to have Eggs Benedict, it's tomorrow.
0: There we go. Are you? Um, what, what, what time are your daily Masses?
1: 5:30 uh, p.m. So today will be our last mass, mentioning you know, Pope Benedict in the canon. Yeah, and then tomorrow it'll be uh, just straight to the bishop.
0: Straight to the bishop. <laughs> That's right. Um, for at least a couple weeks here, we will um, we will be popeless. Uh, starting tomorrow at one o'clock our time. Um, so so one of the things About Pope Benedict and he, he gave I don't know Father You had a chance to read it But a couple weeks ago He gave this incredible Off the cuff 45 His mind is certainly Still there This 40 minute 45 minute Off the cuff uh, Address On the Second Vatican Council And his experiences And not just you know, I remember having coffee With Carl Rahner When we were working On Dave Erbom drafts I mean it was It was a substantial Theological reflection um, uh, On the council uh, and, and, and he there, as he has in many places, um, about the—did uh, you have a chance to read that, Father? I I, asked, I started I, asking.
1: Unfortunately, that. I did not have that okay.
0: chance. It, it, is, it is a, a really—it's a, it, a very interesting read. But he he talks there, as he has it in so many places, when he when he reflects on the Council, about how providential it was that, that Vatican II, that the first document from the Council, was Sacrosanctum Concilium, the, the Constitution on Sacred Liturgy. Because right away, there's this emphasis on, on, on the, the prayer of the church, and particularly the liturgical, liturgical prayer, in which the emphasis is on the fact that it's God's initiative towards us. Liturgy is first and foremost what God does towards us, his initiative, and then it's our response to him in, in the public prayer of the church. Uh, and, and, he, and and that was part of his, his reflection with the, the this was with the clergy of Rome, the priests of, of Rome. Um And he talked, as I said, he talked about that as he has in many places about how how fitting it was that the first document of the council uh, begin that way, uh, and, and that's of course been um, an emphasis of his pontificate, his teaching uh, and, and it had been prior to his election to the papacy um, eight years ago that is the the importance of the liturgy, the public prayer of the church uh, so Father, you you would propose that maybe we talk a little bit about um, the, the the Eucharist in particular, uh, which is the the, the, the high point the, uh, of of the liturgy uh, in in its own way. Um, and I know you mentioned a particular, uh, well, I'll let you get into this, but the Mass you celebrated recently and, and the, the context or the importance that it has on, on how you did it, what was unique about it, and so on.
1: Yeah, certainly. I don't know if I'll go all, uh, all that in one fell swoop. But um, certainly, and I think, you know, I, to, uh, just kind of to expound your listeners a bit on the Pope's comment, the whole idea that, you know, there is no thing more important than what Christ did um, Force in the liturgy, then, and, and, and the Mass and the Eucharist is that living uh, memorial of that, and that way that He gave for us to participate in that great action of His on Calvary. Um, and so it's, it's good to remember that um, that truth whenever we think about or approach uh, the Holy Eucharist. Um, I think Dr. Bergold, you'd agree with a statement like this. Um, that, uh, you know, most people look at religion or philosophy and some sense of this man's search for meaning or, mm. you know, man's search for God. But one of the uh, beautiful things of the Christian faith is that it's God's search for man. Yeah. And so uh, the Mass and the Eucharist has that high point in that way. Right. Is with the- just a good base to be mindful of whenever we approach the topic of the liturgy and the Mass and the Eucharist.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the masses, you know, we, the liturgy in general, is the source and the summit. It's, it's where we encounter God, who has come to us, as you were just saying.
1: Right. And so, um, I think, you know, listeners, that's just a little bit of way, and I think that's part of when Pope Benedict calls it providential then, or, you know, timely on God's part, um, to do that. He's just expressing that, um, that truth in that way. And so... Uh, the other day, I was talking with a student, uh, and we were talking about the new Mass translation. The student, we're now uh, in February 2013, so we're um, about uh, 15 months or, or yep. 14 months or so into the new Mass translation here at the end of February. And uh, the student was just saying, "No, she just didn't like it that much. It was just it wasn't like her day to day language. It was too uh, too formal in some ways." Um, which was just an interesting little conversation. Of course, we can have a long one on it, but it's the whole idea, Dr. Bergwald, that, uh, you know, the Mass, the liturgy, uh, it's not an everyday thing, and so it's appropriate that it doesn't have just an everyday language.
0: Right, and I think that's, you know, you and I have talked about this, I think I think recently, I feel like we talked about this recently, familiarity breeding contempt, and that certainly can happen with the mass when, especially if we go on, on at least a, a weekly basis, every Sunday or, or even more often, sometimes we have to be on guard even for going more often. And I would think, uh, you, uh, you can confirm or deny this for me, father. I would think for a priest in particular who who celebrates Mass every day, you have to be on guard about the fact that this is still something powerfully unique. This is, this is the, the veil between heaven and earth being sacramentally, symbolically, yet really moved away for half an hour or an hour or two hours as the case may be. Uh, and, 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 so we have to try to enter into that spirit of, of the, what ought to be an on the awe-inspiring nature of, of the liturgy in general, but in particularly, but particularly of the mass, would that, would that be fair?
1: And the thing that sort of has to be awe-inspiring all the time, because it's, it's hard to always produce an emotion.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Good point.
1: You know, a uh, movement of the heart, I can't guarantee, you know. Um, and, and, and I think there's a certain—you have to be on guard against a certain, certain manipulative attitude Ooh. Um, with things. You know, um, I think that's one of the complaints that some people have uh, sometimes of their, like, maybe uh, their Protestant megachurch worship— you know, is that oh, you know, and here we cue the strings to make everyone cry.
0: Right. You know. Uh, are you talking about certain YouTube video anyway, okay, go ahead.
1: Yes. And so <laughs> um uh right, so so we we want to be in regard that that's not a manipulative experience. Right. You know, if I do these three things, people are gonna cry. You know, kinda like a Hollywood producer or an editor, right? Yep. So, um or uh Justin Bieber. But um
0: Do you cry at Justin Bieber? You don't? Uh. <laughs> so
1: I've never, as far as I know, I've never voluntarily, as far as I know, I've never voluntarily listened uh, or a, um, to Joseph Bieber's song, uh, On Purpose of My Life. Anyways, sidetrack. <laughs> Stop now. <laughs> so, um... Where are we at the manipulation? So yes, yeah,
0: so yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I I just want to point out to the listener if you've never listened to the podcast show before, uh, we typically try not to go from mass to Bieber, but sometimes these things happen.
1: Yes, and for if you are a listener of Justin Bieber, uh, I apologize for any unintended insult. Yes. Okay. So. Um,
0: the, the the emotion and being careful not to uh, you know to tr- just trying to provoke a, an emotional response on, on the part of the priest or the participant.
1: Right, right, and so, uh, but as I, I think you know, part of the elevated atmosphere things, the vestments, you know, the different language, the ritualistic language, the special language. Uh, part of it is to ensure that it's not handled as a profane thing. This would be a good thing, just to uh, Dr. Burwell, could you give us a quick little summary of, the, of what the meaning of the word profane.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, um, as, I, you
1: know, I, you're not going to go to confession after hearing this, listener. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I, I certainly hope not. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's a great point. I, I'm, I'm glad you you brought that up, and particularly that use partic- of
1: profane language.
0: The use of profane language. So, profane simply means in, well in this context ordinary and everyday. Oftentimes when we think of profane, we think of, yeah, bad words, uh, four-letter words and so on. But in this context, we're just talking about ordinary everyday language um, or or actions. So what is profane is what we do, uh, how we think, how we act on a daily basis. And not that that's bad. It it, it ought not be sinful. Certainly it it should be virtuous and, and so on. But that is still distinct, and I'm going to pass the baton back to you here, Father. This is still, that, that sort of action, then, that sort of language ought to be different from, from our participation in the liturgy, in particular, our participation in the Mass. Why is that, Father?
1: Again, because it's, it's, it's something different, and we're, we're, going back to the beginning, we're commemorating, uh, we're, we're obeying Jesus' command to do what he did. And at Centura, we're following a divine command, and and something different happens here than happens anywhere else in the life of the Church. Right. in the life of the world. Yep, yep. And so... Um,
0: so, and one thing you you uh, had mentioned, you talk about, you know, so we have the, the, the New Translation, which uh, is... Um, Certainly not everyday language, it's not profane language in that way, the phraseology father, how how have you found so yeah, as, as you said, 14, 15 months in whatever um i I know I would imagine that that it's taken a bit getting used to the the rhythm and the cadence uh, because just as I, as I you know read the prayers, the mass, and so on and and and, and say the the people's responses it is it is in some places a bit different for us, but it certainly seems to be a diff- bit different for, for you, the priest. Have, have you gotten used to the new rhythm or was it pretty easy for you to begin with?
1: I think, I think so. You know, there are certain points, um, where it, um, didn't go well. Uh, um, at first, you know, just trying to get into things and every once in a while, I still kind of like catch myself wanting to use an old translation. Right. Right. Um, and so, uh, but other than that I'd say that it's pretty smooth and I really haven't had much of a complaint about it personally and so
0: so so the language is different and then you also mentioned vestments you know and this is I know sometimes I've I've uh, you know had conversations with um, particularly you know evangelical or even more you know, fundamentalist Christians Protestant Christians um, who really don't like vestments, they because they they you know the, oftentimes their pastor is just in a suit and tie or whatever, and, and this is one of those foreign and strange things that only it's not literally only Catholics, but that seems to typify the the, the Catholic form of worship. Um, so, what is the deal with vestments? How does that fit into this whole conversation?
1: Right, so uh, vestments. Um, Again, vestments is part of that notion of, you know, again, something different distinguishing that different action that goes on in the midst of the Mass compared to anywhere else in life. Um, And, you know, there's symbolic uh, uh, things to the vestments. You know, in a certain sense, a priest could say a Mass without vestments if he didn't have them. Sure. Right, so you know, you hear stories of priests in the gulags or arrested and imprisoned in communist Vietnam or uh, situations like that where they or in concentration camps under Nazi Germany where they've you know prayed the mass uh, from memory uh, and just using uh, the bread and the wine that's available to them and, and without any um, uh, vestments. But at the same time, then um, you know the point of vestments is part of that. Uh, to show forth the reality and that something different happens in that way.
0: Right. And, and, and one of the things I love about vestments is it also draws, this is something different, obviously different clothing, that the, the leader of, of the, the service um, is, is wearing. But it's also to draw attention away. I mean, even, even though sometimes it, it, it's at least initially it can draw our attention to, well, what, what the heck, why is he wearing those? But, but it's to draw attention away from the priest, Right.
1: Right. Uh, the priest kind of gets swallowed up. The priest is not himself, in that sense. He's, uh, And it's a reminder for the priest, not just, in that sense, a reminder for others, right, uh, that uh, uh, you shouldn't be here just for the priest, but you should be here um, for, um, for Jesus Christ, in that sense. And so then part of that swallowing up I think is that the that the vestments signify different things. So you have the the white alb, you know, the baptismal robe of all believers. You have uh, the yoke of charity, of the stole symbolizing the authority of Christ, and different things like that.
0: Right, and in all of that, once again, showing go back to sort of the, the, the theme for this episode? Um, you're listening to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. Uh, we're, we're talking about the fact that, that the, the, the mass in particular, like the rest of the liturgical prayer of the church, is, is set, set up where it's, it's different. It's, it's elevated. Um, it's, it's got distinctives that aren't the same as our everyday language, our everyday actions, uh, any other things recently, so you mentioned the student, um, anything else that that, that particularly uh, is, is relevant to this in terms of, of how you've been praying Mass lately?
1: Certainly. Then, so like, another thing that I did recently is, uh, just last night, actually, I prayed uh, the Mass in uh, Latin. And just to be clear for those who might have a question, uh, what I did is I prayed the ordinary form, the masses. the Masses we normally, uh, you, probably most of you, normally experience on a day-to-day basis, uh, but using uh, the Latin language. And so um, just a chance to experience, one, the universality of the Church, of our mother language, who are Latin or Roman Catholics, uh, but also then uh, to kind of experience a bit of that elevation. And since that's okay to work hard to get into it,
0: yeah, and I think this goes back to um, that again, that whole familiarity breeding contempt thing. I, I certainly have nothing against mass beings in the vernacular. It's how I go to attend, participate in mass week in, week out, uh, daily mass here at, at the Cathedral of Saint Joseph as well. Uh, but I do know, having you know lived in other countries, when when, when mass is said uh, in another language, it can be helpful for you uh, to to enter into more deeply what's going on. And going back to the Second Vatican Council then, the, 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 when you read the document on liturgy, what the bishops were after, their primary concern in terms of the reform of the liturgy, including the mass that they were calling for, was to increase the active, conscious, full participation of all members of the faithful so that all of us might fully more consciously participate in pray in so far pray the liturgical prayer of the church, including the mass, and, and and so that's why we saw widespread use of vernacular after the council, um, so that people could more more fully participate in the mass. At the same time, Father, in my own experience, I can say. That, that The fact that the, the Mass is in English and it's been in English all of my adult life um, doesn't automatically translate to full conscious and active participation on my part. It still requires work, and sometimes hearing the Mass in another language can, can be a help to me to, to more fully consciously and actively pray the
1: Mass. Right, to be able to uh, um, you know, do what you need to do to get the most out of it in that way.
0: So, how did um, how, for you as as the priest then praying the the ordinary form of the mass, the masses we uh, most of us experience it at our parishes, but praying it in Latin. How uh, first of all, is it the first time you've done it?
1: Yes, publicly or privately.
0: Okay, so so how <laughs> I would imagine that be a little, uh, even though you've been a priest for several years, first time praying it in Latin. Um, can you describe that experience?
1: Um you know uh, uh cautious cautious <laughs> you, know? Um, you know uh that that's sort of uh um just being cautious about things and and uh, uh want to make sure I pronounce them correctly right. um and so uh but uh other than that you know pretty good, I mean, it was the mass; I knew it, there's a lot of words I know and recognize from my own studies in Latin. And I think I got most of the pronunciation <laughs> trip over my tongue too often, and
0: very good. And and what now was this at the Newman Center then? Yes. Okay. So what did the what was what did the first of all did you did you let the students and others who were there know in advance? Yes. And and so what did the, how how any comments afterwards?
1: Uh, no. Okay. You know, people appreciated beforehand, and um, you know, I made sure to. Uh, um, what do you call it? make uh, made sure we had a little guide um, on things. And uh, by the way, I think it was pretty good.
0: Good, good. Um,
1: I mean, mind you, I mean, if, if I did it, I probably won't get a lot of complaints from students in that way. Um, <laughs> I need to make sure to look for uh, complaints uh, in other ways from students. Yes. Um, the uh, um, the other thing with that is that it's uh, uh, just, just part of a general thing I'm trying to do uh, twice a month here to have, uh, a mass in Spanish, uh, one day a week, and a mass in Latin as well.
0: Great. Ha- have you it's done sp-
1: multiculturalism?
0: Have you done Have you done Spanish yet? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so saying, so you've said, you've said, you've prayed the mass before in a different language. This is this is just the first time in Latin. Yes. Okay. So, when are you going to do German? That's that's my question. Huh? Come on.
1: Uh, When someone buys me a German missile?
0: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So again, so this idea, uh, um, the idea, and and there are, you know, this is, you know, of course the language of of the masses uh, sometimes can be a decisive topic uh, uh, for for some in the Church, but I, I just my own sense that, that... younger Catholics who are who are on board in other words who are participating in in mass um, already uh, try to be faithful Catholics they welcome at least on occasion participating in in the ordinary form in Latin or even sometimes in the extraordinary form mm hmm um, and, and and so uh, whatever you know liturgical wars are a whole topic unto themselves uh, but, but but certainly this I think it's for that reason for for for, some uh, uh, particularly those who didn't experience the mass in latin on a weekly basis to have it said differently does communicate uh, sort of that 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 uh sense of of being elevated of being different of being sacred in 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 a particular way um would you say that's that's the sense of of young catholics as far as you know it
1: right i think that um they're just wanting to discover Jesus Christ, how best to follow him. And so I think, you know, for some people, there might be kind of more of a polemical, political view on things. Or for them, it's just, a, I think, a more honest desire of, okay, how can I best follow Jesus Christ?
0: So it's sort of having, in light of this, these experiences, you know, with the conversation you had about the translation with the students and then Mass and Latin, any, any thoughts on on how, as we continue this Lent, Father, how, how can we... um own this. What can we do on a regular basis, whether we're daily mass goers, weekly mass goers, what can we do, you know, if if most of us at mass is going to be in English, what do we do so that our participation is more elevated? Any thoughts?
1: Well, I think, you know, uh, make sure that you, um, that you're reading, um, the texts, reading the prayers, uh, you know, trying to understand uh, the prayers, the content of the prayers, make sure um, that you're uh, reading the readings of the day. Um, And uh, uh, I think kind of knowing those things ahead of time. You know, it's one of the things with married couples or engaged couples that I work with, uh, as I'll say to them, um, you know, one of the things you should be doing just kind of in your personal marriage preparation is, isn't that prayer together of um, you know uh, talking about you know what's your what's your high point of the week? What's your low point of the week? Uh, what's the thing you're worried about going into mass? What's the thing you're worried about, um, or what's the thing you worry about for the week to come? What are you excited about for the week to come? To share things like that with each other before uh, you go into mass, um, or even just making a plan with someone to talk about what you got out of mass after mass. Right. Yeah
0: yeah and I, and I, I really I, I wholeheartedly endorse you know trying to um, read certainly the readings and if you can if you have magnificat or, or maybe you have a, a a hand missile trying to read in advance the the readings and even the prayers of the mass so that when you go into it, you know what I love about liturgical prayer having an order an ordo, um, you know I, I know at certain parts of the mass much of the mass I know what you as the priest are going to say so i'm not trying to listen and understand i can truly enter into it in my own way uh, and the same is true with the propers of the mass those prayers that change uh, and the readings if i've if i've read them in advance if i know what you're going to say uh, that allows me to enter into and pray and they're full conscious and actively participate in the mass that much more
1: right and, and i think and maybe um, a word that i like a little better um then uh, uh active is actual participation
0: yeah because
1: Because active implies that you have to be maybe physically doing something, moving in some way. Whereas actual just means that you're really taking part in what's actually going on.
0: Exactly. Um, I think the uh, the the Latin word is actuoso, so which which a number of people have argued would be better translated as actual participation. Um, You can be act you you know you can you can participate actuosoli when you're kneeling and quiet, just as much as or even more so, frankly, than otherwise. In my experience. Um, any, just in about, you know, last 30 seconds, father, any, any final closing thoughts?
1: Uh, I think, you know, just remember that anytime you elevate something, it is going to be a little removed from you. You know, you think about you elevate a flag, um, and it's going to be a little removed from you. You might feel like, oh, Hey, why are they keeping the American flag away from me? But it's for that point to to be able to see and to appreciate it for all that it is. And so make sure you're kind of keeping that eye or that sensitivity uh, with regard to the mass.
0: Absolutely. And trying to enter in. I guess this is the source and the summit and do what we can to enter in. So with that, we'll uh, draw this episode to a close. And once again, please do not hesitate to email me with any questions, any comments, any topics that you have for future episodes. Keith, we've still got you in mind probably for Holy Week. Uh, My email address, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org.
1: And until next time, dear listeners, uh, may our Blessed Mother watch over you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.